Hey, it's Zen, owner of Life Verbs. A life verb means living in action and living with intention. First, I want to thank you for listening to this empowering podcast. Your support doesn't go unnoticed, and we truly are thankful for you. Not only am I the owner of Life Verbs, I'm also the creator, producer, and host. (laughs) That's right, I wear a lot of hats. I'm also a professional certified life coach who specializes in intentional and purposeful living. I help you to be the rescuer of yourself. I get you realigned and coach you on how to live this life with intention so that you can get from point A to point B. I want to offer you something. I want to offer you a free one hour consultation. That's right. A full hour consultation with me, a one-on-one. Just visit my website, www.lifeverbs with an S podcast.com to schedule your free virtual consultation and to learn more about life verbs. To learn more about this podcast, follow me on Clubhouse and Instagram. All the information that you need is located in the description box. Now stay tuned for this episode. I'm your host, Zen. And I'm your co-host, Kai. Welcome to Life Verbs Podcast, an empowering podcast where we hydrate your soul and fortify your spirit. Wait a minute, Zen. Wait a minute. We also intensify and renew your mindset. So let's get to it how we get to it. Today, community, today, we have Aaliyah Faust, the managing editor at Radio One for the Ricky Smiling Morning Show and Get Up Mornings with Erica Campbell. She also hosts a weekend radio show on Philly's Favor 100.7 FM And she's also the creator of Gospel Goodies. Gospel Goodies bridges the gap between popular culture and Christianity through gospel entertainment and inspirational news. Aaliyah will provide us with some gems and food for thought regarding her experiences in the media and entertainment industry. And she'll also inspire and empower us with her personal story today. We are so happy to have you. Welcome to Life Herbs Podcast. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Um, Honored that you guys wanted to talk to little old me. Thank you. (laughs) Of course, definitely. You're amazing. I discovered, so I kind of want to go into how I I discovered you. I discovered you, um, I believe it was during the holiday season. And you, who, who you're also friends with, right? You both were on, y'all came on alive and were just talking. And then you also started the clubhouse group that you have with um, helping people break into the entertainment industry and the media industry. And after hearing you speaking, I was like, I gotta have her on this podcast. I gotta try to get her on. So yeah. we're so glad again to have you here. Just tell okay. us a little bit more about you. Um, well, yeah, you got it covered. Um, so Aaliyah Faust, managing editor uh, at Radio One. 
Um, some more of the shows I cover are uh, D.L. Hughley Show, um, Black America Web, Russ Parr Morning Show, um, Willie Moore Jr. Show. Um, I love Willie Moore. I'm in the ATL, so I love okay. him. <laughs> yes. Nice. And then just newly, we got posted on the corner with um, Incognito, who's out of Chicago. Um, so it's been a busy season, a fun season. Um, outside of that, I so my, my background is actually writing. Um, I'm not even sure how I got into radio, but I kind of just merged the two. Um, so that's why I'm a managing editor. I use my actual like journalistic skills on that end. Um, but I started in magazines. Um, so I used to write for like Vibe Magazine, Cosmo for Latinas. Yeah. Um, magazine and a few newspapers around the way. Um, and yeah, outside of that, Gospel Goodies kind of came about during a time where I was about to throw in the towel to entertainment. Um, it was this, there's been this like big shift in entertainment. When I first got in, um, it was actually still about the art. Yeah. Um, so when everything like started going digital and gossip, I kind of just was like, oh man, I don't know what to do now. All I ever wanted to do is write, but about actual art. Um, and it's kind of like shifting now. Um, so when I was in that phase of transitioning, I actually went back to school to study something else because literally my whole life, all I did was prepare to be a writer. Um, so I went back to school because I didn't know how to do anything else. Um, and I was trying to study to be an optometrist. Mm -hmm. And I was literally sitting in class one day, um, taking this test in a lab. And I was like, I can't do this. I'm going to just have to, <laughs> I'm going to have to work it out and see what happens. You're like, this isn't for me. This is not my calling. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So um, I guess kind of like in that phase where I just didn't really know where where my passion was taking me. Um, I started just like blogging about inspirational stuff and it wasn't even for nobody to see. It was literally just for me. And then um, I didn't even know anything about like SEO and just digital, I guess, programming at the time, but people started seeing it like organically. And then labels started hitting me up to interview the artists and things like that. So that's how Gospel Goodies even came to be. Um, that was totally organic. And then I kind of just stuck with it. And it was like, once I said yes to that calling, um, like other things in my actual field just started becoming or opening up more and became a little broader to where I could kind of um, like choose what I wanted to like report and things like that. So mm. that's um, I was I was I was looking at your at your page and, and, and it, something that stood out to me was uh blessings was it blessings is it blessings can break you is that like a post you put up it was last year um oh there's a blessing in the breaking there's a blessing in the breaking <laughs> yeah, right right you got blessing and breaking okay I, I i got it all wrong i'm sorry but there's a blessing in the breaking um you know i mean you got a lot of good content on there but when i saw that you know uh it really it really hit home Mm -hmm. Right. It really hit home because at your most, you know, vulnerable point, at your weakest point, depending on whatever you whatever word you use. Right. It's your breaking point. Right. And we look at it as if that's 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 the, our weakest point in life. But really, that's our breaking point. That's where the blessing really comes in. That's when you really realize, like, it's more to all of this stuff that you've been going through. Right. So if you can just explain what that means to you. Um, 
there's vision in the valley. That's what that means. Mm. Um, I think, I feel like when, like when we're at the top, like when we're on that mountaintop, there's probably, I feel like, I mean, I can't say most people, but a lot of times that's, that's a moment when we're at the top, that's not a moment we use to like um, give glory or really examine our struggle or where we are. Um, it's like really in the valley where you have to like sit with your deepest thoughts and your decisions and uh, just like those those moments where it's just you. Um, and I feel like that's where that kind of came from. Um, I know for when I posted that, there's a blessing in the breaking. I don't even know where I found that, but that's literally like how I felt. Um, I had just completed a yoga course my it's, and that's something I wanted to do or yoga teacher training. Um, and that's something I wanted to do for a while. Uh, it was about a little under a year after my dad had passed. Um, and like, you know, life's up and downs, but I feel like, and like I've been through a lot of things, but like a parent's death, especially like I grew up with my dad, like we were literally like biggest thieves, probably like I can't even describe it, but it was like literally, he was literally my best friend. Um, so it's like, I've overcome a lot of things, but for some reason, like, I just could not shake that one. Wow. Um, but during that time, like, I was kind of in a crappy relationship. Um, work sucked. Uh, I wasn't eating. I wasn't sleeping. Like, it was just a whole lot going on. Wow. Um, but then, like, somehow I still found enough strength to, I guess, move forward. Wow. Um, and it was due to yoga. And in yoga too like with the meditation and all those things um even though I wanted to do the teacher training it like kind of saved me at the same time because if I didn't do that in that moment like I don't even know where I would be right now um just because of like the reflection and the self-examination and it all but um I feel like even in that phase of doing the yoga and meditation and all that it was like a deeper break um and I really like looked at why I was broken like outside of the obvious of someone passing um but it just really made me examine um things that mattered in life things that didn't um and yeah so I can totally relate to that because there was a time in my life as well and condolences you know to you about um the loss of your dad I've lost my dad as well and within that year, there was a string of deaths. I lost both my grandmas on both sides, my dad and my brother. So I totally relate to that as the weight, right? Of just everything that's going on, just being on your shoulders. And it's just so amazing how you really have to tap into spirituality, right? In order to center you in order to ground you. And that's just amazing how yoga was that for you. Do you still practice yoga actively? I know on your profile, you say that you're a yogi. You have a yogi on there. Do you still practice pretty actively? Yep, I do. Um, I actually had to fall back a little bit because over the summer I tore a core muscle. Um, I'm doing more uh, strength building and cardio just to kind of um, work my way back up. But I still do like a little bit of restorative yoga, but. Yep, I'm um, teacher certified, so I'm wow. still practicing often. I actually tried yoga a while ago, and that, really? that is very, no, I did. I tried. And it okay. Is, uh, it is very, the meditation part is fine, but this <laughs> holding in the, 
<laughs> oh my goodness. I, I never thought I could sweat so much from not doing yeah. that, just stretching. <laughs> oh my gosh. But um, no, that's an amazing story. You know, when you when you speak on, and I, I, and I know it's a touchy subject, so I don't want to talk on it too much, but when you speak on the passing of your father, it's kind of put me in the realm of my daughter and myself, right? Mm -hmm. My daughter and I, we're like this. That's, she's my best friend. So it's like, I know if something was to happen to me, she will be beyond crushed, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm giving her as much as I can. Like I pour my life into her so that she can be strong in moments of if something was to happen to me or, you know, mother or anything like that, right? But um, my, my, my verse that I live on, and I want to ask you this once I say mine, my verse, and Zen already knows this because I say it so effort, effortlessly, is Romans 12, 2, right? And, you know, be not conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So I want to ask you, what is, what is a verse right in 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 the bible that you know that you that's your go-to that sticks out to you that speaks to you um that was another blessing in the breaking moment so my favorite verse is actually uh and crazy part is i mean i grew up in the church but it wasn't until like college where i was like literally broken mm -hmm. um where i found god on my own um and during that time too uh her name was ashley she was in she was in a she was studying journalism with me. She was in my class. Um, she like left a post-it note on my door and it said, um, it was 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and I actually got it tattooed on me right here too. Yeah. Um, so it says, uh, okay, I got to remember it now. Um, my grace is, wait, my grace is sufficient. Uh, basically, I can't remember. That. I know it, it's crazy. Oh, but he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for my uh, strength is made perfect and weakness therefore rather i live in my infirmities knowing that the power of god rests upon me um oh. and that's like that's that's literally this was what 12 years ago that's literally stuck with me ever since this padded on me that's oh. like my go-to verse um because i feel like when we are at those weak moments um that's when we should lean on to god more or whoever you lean on to more the universe god um yeah for that strength yeah no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and again, Zen knows, um, you know, I mean, again, something you just said that it wasn't until you came to that breaking point in college. Right. Same thing with me. It wasn't until I came to a breaking point where I had to learn my own connection with the higher calling. Yes. Right? So it's just amazing to meet someone because it doesn't matter how many followers or or if you're in the background or whatever the case may be, the point is, is that you're in the industry where your presence is felt, right? Because you can sit back and look at stuff that you're creating, stuff that you're writing, and you can see it come to, you know, come to life on the screen and things like that. So, you know, I just want to give you your, your roses while you're here. Okay. Uh, Zen, Zen does an amazing job of introducing people because I, I had no, I'm not going to lie, I had no idea who you were. Right. And she sent her sent your Instagram to me and I look and I said, wow, it's dope. You know, and I was just looking at the previous post. And then when I saw that that message, I'm like, OK, wow. You know, behind the scenes, there's a lot of people behind the scenes that don't get the recognition. So I just want to say, you know, salute you. Oh, wow. Thank you. Definitely. Definitely. And I also want to ask you, so I want you to dive in deeper 
into the position that you have with Radio One, what exactly that looks like for people who do not know what that title means? All right, well, the truth answer is what the title should be. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, so my title is managing editor, where typically a managing editor is just oversees like editorial content. Um, So features, you know, uh, writers, um, like videos, things like that. But the way my job is set up, (laughs) I actually do it all. Um, So I write, I edit, um, I'm the videographer, I'm the photographer, I'm the video editor, um, I do the social media, but I am also, well, I'm responsible for um, different databases like our text club, our apps. Um, Sounds like you produced the whole show. Right. Yeah, basically. It's like it's like a digital show and separately from on air. Um, and then even beyond all that, there's actually like the the work, which is like analytics and strategy and things like that. Um, sales campaigns and things like that. So it's a little more than the actual title, but yeah. Definitely, definitely. I want to ask you as well. This is a question that we ask each guest that comes on here. What is a life verb that you live by? I know you just shared the verse, but also what's a life verb that you live by? A life verb is a trademark phrase that I created. It's simply your life philosophy that you've obtained through your personal life's experiences. Think of a life verb as the hook to the theme song of your life. A life verb also means living in action. So think of a lesson that you've learned that you have the lesson that you, and you've applied it to a life verb in your life. This is something that you hold on to. This is something that no matter what you go through, this is the philosophy that keeps you going, that keeps you grounded and that keeps you centered. So what is a life verb that you live by? Nice. So for me, that would be no struggle, no progress. Um, That's a great one. Yeah, like literally everything, like especially in this gen. I mean, all generations, but I don't know. I just feel like now, like you really just gotta work hard, and people don't want to work hard. Like nothing is handed to you, and in, in in any aspect, and if it is, it's probably not even worth whatever is being handed over. Um, but I feel like that discussion, yeah, yeah, whether it's like life or work, um, family relationships, like there's there's gonna be a struggle and it's gonna be worth it if you push past it um so the progress is in getting over that hump for the actual like success of whatever it is mm. wow yeah. that's beautiful definitely. yeah that, that is that definitely is. yeah i mean go ahead you had also talked about how the industry is transitioning I would love for you to dive more into that and how it's transitioning. What does that look like? What is changing? Well, I got started in 2011. So, all right, well, I'll start, I'll start before that. So growing up, um, like remember like Word Up magazines and- Yeah. Like when Vibe magazine was actually printed and like the source actually- Like, I still have those magazines, too. I actually just moved and, like, put a whole magazine stack um, on a bookshelf. I know people are like, why do you do that? But I don't know. I just love it so much. But, um, like, 
when you just look through those, there were actual interviews about the art, um, about the why. Um, it wasn't about who married so-and-so, or why is somebody getting divorced, or why does she eat Cheetos with her, or what was that sweetie I saw today? I was so mad at it. <laughs> but I saw an article about a uh, sweetie putting ranch dressing on her spaghetti. Like, and, okay. Yeah, and it's like I have to cover it because that's the name of the game that I work in. But it's just like, who cares? Right. Right. <laughs> like, if that's her preference, that's her preference. Give me some substance. Can I write on some substance? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so that's how that's why I wanted to enter this career um like growing up I just read magazines all the time um read newspapers all the time um and as soon as I graduated it was like boom total shift it wasn't like boom total shift but it was a gradual shift and I'd say maybe about five years five or six years ago um it was just like an overnight shift of just straight gossip um and then I started getting assignments that were they just really made me question like, what the heck am I doing? Or why am I feeding this, um, like this crap baby? And like, because I am so passionate about what I do um, and like anything that has my name on it, I'm super sensitive about. So like for me to have an article out there about somebody putting ranch on their spaghetti, like I just don't feel like that is influencing. Right, especially. Right. Especially with everything we have going on in the world today. Yeah. It's like we got a lot to talk about besides putting ranch on your spaghetti. Yeah. And um and these people like we we look up to and we write about, um, they're actually really big influencers. And um I think that was one of the shifts too. Um, just realizing that there's so much more we could talk about with these people. Um or about things they are actually doing in the community that doesn't get the same light shed upon it. Yeah. Um, when I saw that, sh- or that was the shift I saw. Um, so that was kind of alarming. And I don't think it's, I think it's gotten worse, yeah. but it's gotten more tolerable because um, everybody's doing it now, which doesn't make it better. Um, but that's actually something I still struggle with um, because like, I, like that's what these, like, I hate to say it, but that's what makes the company's money. And then there are people, the, I guess the counter response would be, um, but you are the, you have the say because you are the right, you are the outlet or the media or whatever. But um, at the same time, we still have to put consumers, um, we still have to make consumers responsible because when we do try to do the other side of it and actually get back to the art or get back to the opinions on politics um, or the community, it's not being received. Um, so yeah that's the shift right there it's i think the shift is on the both the consumer and the media side that's 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 yeah yeah, i mean it definitely has taken a total totally different shift um what's um i know you said you've been in the industry a long time i mean well i'm not gonna say a long time but you've been in the industry for a while now being a female right and then being a black female what is I know there's been a lot, but just give me one, one thing that, you know, one issue, one thing that you had to go through, right? Because of being a female, because it's, it, the, the field that you're in, is it, is it predominantly male or is it 50, 50? Um, it's mostly male. 
and I've mostly worked for, I say the majority of time, I've mostly worked for black companies mm. um, and it's been mostly males, but the, but they've been supportive. Um, really? That's amazing. Yeah. 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 That's, awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And the crazy part is, I don't even know if I should say this on here, but the side eye situations came from white uh, leaders in the black companies. Um, I'm not saying this company, but in the black companies um, who I guess didn't really understand the culture, like like two things stood out to me so far um, in my career. Um, it was one, I was applying for a promotion and or for a higher level position. Mm-hmm. And um, I was asked by a white lady, how does she say it? I was asked by a white lady, how do I deal, how do I, or how do I carry myself or deal with um, like men in the industry? Like, I don't know what the question was, but for, for some reason it coming from her, it just rubbed me the wrong way. Was it delivery? <laughs> I think it was delivery and just the fact that like, in this day and age, it's like, I don't think, I just don't think it was like a fair question. And I think maybe that's part of it too. I think because I look younger than I actually am and because I am um, a black woman, um, it, you, like, you just don't get the same respect. Um, and basically my answer to her was, I don't think I would have gotten this far in my career if I couldn't handle um, myself around a man. Like I didn't think that was a part, like I didn't think that was a, a fair job question or an appropriate interview question for a job, yeah. um, especially coming from a white woman. Um, who basically was saying that her white male boss was an a-hole um, and that's not somebody I would work for anyway so I'm glad it was brought to light but it just kind of yeah it just really rubbed me the wrong way yeah. but then even this um this other time um I was covering a story about a girl I think her name was Corinne something in um Maryland where she was shot up by police oh uh-huh yeah and um, so, you know, like I work in radio, but I actually have um, a hard news background. Okay. Um, when I like cover story, especially, I mean, not even especially when, but when I cover a story, unless it's for my blog, I'm not putting my opinion in it. And um, I actually had someone go above, and I was a manager um, at the time in this position. Um, and I had somebody go above me and go to a general manager um, outside of my apartment, like general manager for the whole entire um market and say that he didn't feel like the story was appropriate because I didn't shed a good light on the cops and it like went to my boss but it was like just all these things before actually coming to me the writer the editor and the manager of the whole digital department um to express his beef or whatever um which the article still did not change because the article was factually uh reported um and unbiased um and this was a white man at a black company saying that he felt like the police he, he just didn't feel like um it was good for the city telling the people what the police actually do right. and i was like i'm literally saying what's in this report right now so you don't think the people in in this black community need to know how the police are, right yeah are treated people um so yeah that was another time where i feel like in philly we say young bull i feel like he tried to young bull me <laughs> but it's <Yeah>. <laughs> facts 
Right. <laughs> For real. Definitely, definitely, definitely. I want to talk about how you said we need to get back to the art when it comes to entertainment, when it comes to the media, right? Because it used to be the source where you get the true information, right? The truth, the information, very informative, very enlightening, right? Very positive, very empowering. In your opinion, how can we get back there in media? Do you see us getting back to that? Do you feel such as podcast and YouTube and now that media is a little bit more accessible to where creatives can um, have their own channels, have their own platforms. Do you think that's pioneering that shift back or what's your opinion on that? Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I think it exists right now too, especially with like podcasts like yours, um, like the different um, online shows, the different uh, radio shows um, that are, that are non like mainstream based. But the thing is, um, like even those have a those have a niche audience. The the bigger audience is still not like collectively um, kind of hip to it. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like for for the mainstream to kind of get on board, yeah. we would have to put, which is hard to do, but we would have to put, I guess, the monetization aside. Um, which at on the same note might not be too far-fetched because um like you said people are making money off youtube um people are making money off podcasts um radio radio will never die because it's like terrestrial like if the world crashes radio will still work so yeah. it's like necessary <laughs> but um but i feel like there's definitely a lane created um there's definitely talks like this where people can dive deeper um but i don't i just don't feel like it's um as publicized so it's like for people to come um like even for my radio show like it's so niche that like you actually have to search for it um because it's not it's probably not going to be like publicized on like a bt or um an abc or something like that but i think to overcome that um i know people like to blame the media but i'm gonna say the consumers have to they have to stop uh they have to stop consuming it yeah feeding into it yeah, yeah. Facts. if you refuse to watch it if you refuse to click the link um there's plenty of times where people will comment and see i go through comments and i'll comment back where somebody says i don't care about this you guys should be covering politics and i'll comment back with a um, with a story about like whatever that issue in politics they said um because that's one thing i try to do too i try to balance the news when i um on the sites i manage but um, it's just not getting the same clicks. So it's like, no matter how much good news we try to put out there, it's still not, um, it's just still not being clicked. So I think it falls back on the consumers, um, which I blame social media um, and just the whole, everybody wanting what they want, when they want it, wanting it right now. Um, instant gratification. Yep, instant gratification. Um, and then just everything being a joke, like, life's not a joke like social media is funny but i feel like our like consumers just think everything is a joke and that's that's another problem yeah and and and, and the levels that people will go to to make a joke 
right? Like, like, it's amazing these practical jokes that people will, they will go to these outrageous limits outrageous. to and, you know, go in someone's hood or something and do something crazy just to get a, hey, it's a joke, but then you wind up getting killed or something like that behind it, right? So it, you know, so I'm, and I got a daughter. I have a teenage daughter, so that's all she knows is TikTok. Mm -hmm. Hey, look at this TikTok. Or, that's how I found out about TikTok, yeah. right? I didn't know about TikTok. I didn't know about Snapchat, none of these things, but my daughter told me. And yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. So, you know, it's just amazing. But, I mean, like you said, I think it's more so of the people that really want to look at good content, they they are not the ones that actually are on social media because I talk to different people and they'll say, I'm not even on social media anymore. Not knowing that they their effect, it's kind of like it's kind of like us not wanting to vote. Right? When you say, Well, I don't need to vote because my vote doesn't count. Yes, it does. It's the same thing with social media. The people that don't want to be on social media because they say there's no content on it. Well, if you're not doing it, then this number is growing for the people that are just on there looking for all ratchet stuff, <laughs> right? And so at the end of the day, this number is here and this number is here, and that's why we got to continue covering all the, the BS, so. Exactly. And I don't think people realize too, like we literally, the media, like we, we like we're rating this game. So we feed into what you want. So that's what people want. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Definitely. For those who are listening, who are interested in the media and entertainment industry, because, you know, that's one of the main industries that a lot of people are interested in getting into. What advice would you have for them? And also, can you dive in just a little bit deeper on your story of how you got started? You know, talk about, you know, the realness of it the struggles of it yeah no struggle no progress um i guess first my advice would be to stick true to your values mm. it is an oversaturated industry mm -hmm. um it's very oversaturated you can get lost easily um you can be doing the same well you a lot of times we all do the same thing it's just uh your uniqueness um is how it stands out um, or how different people receive it. Um, so just sticking true to your passions, um, sticking true to your unique self, um, and then just working hard. Because um, again, this is not something that just comes easy. And if it comes easy, it's probably not gonna last. Um, so for my story, but yeah, that's always what I tell people, just be you and then um, don't shy away from hard work. Uh, even if it looks easy, it's nine times out of 10 times. Um, but for my story, I, so after, um, I guess after my like little phase of, I don't want to do this anymore and went back to school, um, I actually got a part-time job at a radio station in the promotions department, just so I could be in the field. Um, at the time I had just launched my blog. I think this was like 2014. Um, and I had worked in radio before, but this is like where it really took off at this time. Um, and at this time also, I've always had like two and three jobs at a time. So at this time also, I was driving back and forth to New York from uh, Philly, still freelancing for some magazines, um, still doing my own thing. 
but then back in Philly, still working in radio. Um, so I was working in promotions department because I had the journalist experience. Um, they started having me do like infield stuff. So I became a digital assistant there. Um, also during my time there, I was a board operator. And then I was a um, producer for some weekend shows um, up until a mentor of mine, he got an opportunity to start or to lead a radio station in New York. Um, mm-hmm. And you never know who's watching you. That's, that's why you should work hard too. Um, Cause I, at the time, I mean, even though I knew what I was doing, like I knew journalism. Um, I guess there's one thing I know is journalism, but at that time, um, I didn't think I was qualified to like be a digital content manager for a New York radio station. Um, and later, literally the number one market, but he did. So yeah, you never know who's watching you. Um, and that kind of just launched like every big career move after. Um, so it was like all those little things leading up to that one big moment of me not even know somebody was like clocking what I was doing. Um, and it opened up so many other doors after that. Um, but yeah, before that, I mean, I feel like that's the that's the easy part after that. But before that, it was just a whole lot of like work. Um, I worked at Urban Outfitters while I was still working at entertainment. Um, I worked at a bank for like seven years before I got into entertainment full time. Mm. Um, I wasn't I wasn't afraid to do stuff for free. Um, a lot of times when I was coming back and forth to New York. I've lived in New York a couple times, um, but like my first go around in New York, I literally, I didn't blow it, but I spent my entire life savings. um, Despite, like my dad, that was, he was my number one supporter, but he do not go to New York. And I did it anyway, against his will. And so I like my whole life savings was just gone because New York rent was expensive as heck even back then. Um, And I still had to like get jobs and still freelance for these different places at the time. So I was, um, which is gross, I was cleaning bathrooms, but I was like, whatever it takes, I'm gonna just be here and I'm gonna get it done. I was cleaning bathrooms. Um, I was doing people's hair on the side. Um, I was doing the whole journalist thing. Um, I was still traveling back and forth uh, for like family, just other things in Philly. Um, And that only lasted a few months because I was like, okay, I like really need a full-time job to live here. Um, if I wanted roommates, because I'm not really a roommate type of person. Um, but then I ended up going to like, I travel a lot for work um, and I move around. Like, I'm not afraid to just get up and move either. So me and my brother was just, we're just joking the other day. Um, he was like, I've never knew somebody who moves so much as you. I literally move like every other year, but I'll just, I mean, I'll go where the opportunity is. Um, so I've been like between, even in all that, like I've been between New York, um, North Jersey, South Jersey, Philadelphia, Delaware, DC, Baltimore. Um, oh, DC. Yeah, all up and down the East Coast. But yeah, it's just just not being afraid to move. Um, I don't have kids, so there's literally nothing stopping me. Like, and that's that's probably another one of my life verbs. Um, no excuses. Like, excuses solve nothing. Facts. Say mm. that again. Facts. <laughs> Excuses are literally my pet peeve in life. Like, especially and if people have a lot of excuses, I'm a very patient and calm person, but excuses are such a turnoff for me. And I think because I work so hard or like, I just make sure like if I say something, it's going to get done. Um, or if I want to do something, it's going to get done. Or if there's an idea, it's going to get executed or tried at least. So 
um, anything outside of that or that comes with an excuse, like I'm the type of person where I like you don't even have to. If it's gonna be an excuse, don't explain. Like I already see what it is. I don't need you to explain the excuse. <laughs> explain your excuse. Yeah, <laughs> make that make sense, right? Right. <laughs> definitely, definitely. That tenacity, that tenacity, and I just love how you explain. I had three jobs. Like I was cleaning bathrooms. I was doing hair on the side. Like when you really want something. You're going to do whatever it takes to get that, but you also have to keep yourself stabilized. I feel like there's a falsity around people's dreams, right? Because we want instant gratification. We want things to come quick and easy. No, no one sees the blood, sweat, and tears. No one saw that commute. I used to live in North Jersey and I'm your sister right here, by the way. I pick up and move. I picked up and moved so much when I was in my 20s, that everything was portable and inflatable. I didn't have a bed really until I got into my early 30s because it was a blow up mattress because I could just take it, go somewhere else, you know? And just, and I feel like, and I love that you explain that because you don't meet a lot of people who are like that. Right. right. But you get so much experience in life because I was the same way. The reason why I did it, it is because I was an entertainment, but I was a makeup artist. So I had to go to where the business was. Right. I had to go to L.A. I had to go to New York. Right. I went to Hawaii. I came here to Atlanta, you know, just back and forth, just going where the money is and also really to determine where is it I want to be. Right. Because each market's different. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. I had written down when you were saying that um, you never know who's watching you. So carry yourself accordingly. That's what I heard in all that. Yes, absolutely. You really never know. Um, and then that's, I think that's why following through with your passions is such a important deal too. Because um, not only, not only do opportunities flow, but um, even just the example you set and like by no means are we responsible for how people receive us or what they do based on what we do but um i just feel like human nature we just got to be aware of that um if we're gonna do something that affects people like if you're gonna stay in your house all day then you might not affect people but if you're gonna um like if you're gonna have a podcast if you're gonna be on radio um i mean even if you're gonna if even if you work at a supermarket um, like that still matters. Like customer service still matters. Like it's all an example. Yes, it does. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. You're, you're a dope individual, man. You know, all the way around, man. It, it, it takes a lot for someone to just move here and here and be able to adapt and still be you. All right. That, that people don't understand how much that takes. You, you can be someone in, in one state and then you go to another state and you're starting fresh all over again. Exactly. Right? You have to, it, it shows character because then you have to build up a relationship with people yes. right so you know it just shows a lot about you know you as a uh, as an individual so you know salute you and maintain it because so many people know how to build it right but they don't know how to maintain the relationship uh -huh. so it's building and maintaining as we close Aaliyah what would you like you've given us so much food for thought but what would you like for our listeners to take from this podcast session today um Again, I would just say, like, just be you. Because, um, Kai, based on, I mean, what you just said, it reminded me of, um, 
like so when I do move around a lot people like you know how people always give you heads up like oh this person is this way um they don't like new people or things like that um I've never like it never played out that way for me and I feel like that's probably like alluding to what you said because people try to fit these molds um so just being yourself so if I could share anything today as a last word it would just be um just stay authentic to who you are um, because that's really all you can be oh. and all that's I mean that's that's where you find success and just being yourself definitely definitely where can people find you where can people support gospel goodies uh, you can find me on Facebook Instagram and Twitter uh, at Aaliyah Faust so that's A-L-I-Y-A-F-A-U-S-T and then gospel goodies on Facebook Instagram and Twitter at gospel goodies and we also have like a YouTube TV channel. It's Gospel Goodies TV. And then listen Sundays on Philly's Favor. If you're not in Philly, uh, we have, well, Philly Philly's Favor has an app you can listen to our show from. Um, or you can listen online at phillysfavor.com. Um, or if you're in Philly, you can actually turn on 100.7 FM. Excellent, excellent. Aaliyah's information will also be located in the description box. Also make sure that you are following Kai and I on all of our social media platforms for news and updates and be sure to connect with us. We love to interact and connect with each of you. Our information is also located in the description box. Thank you, Jen. And then also if you're interested in advertising, right? Um, your business here, you know, or booking us, uh, booking with us and collaborating with, uh, you know, with Zen and I, um, check her out on her social media or email Zen at uh, contactlifeverbs, with an S, at gmail.com. That's right. That's right. Always remember to keep your soul hydrated and your spirit fortified. And as we close, we are two Libras with two different views, but we're always on the same wave. Well.